This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to Joy 94.9. This is Generation Next. And look, it's about that time of the evening for a little <laughs> thing that we call gay school. There's a bear in there and a chair as well. There are people with games and stories to tell. Open wide, come inside. It's gay school. Oh. <laughs> Love that uh, inspirational Stefan. How many singing lessons have you had, baby? You're like a genius. Oh, he has an amazing voice. I learned from I learned from K-box. This is gay school. Anyway, it's uh, the home for news and views critical to LGBTI youth. What's going on in the news, Eleanor? Uh, so, Courier Mail's apology for the controversial front page falls short. So, oh, um, really, really. So, yeah, um, we posted a bit about this on our Facebook page, actually. Essentially, the Courier Mail has posted a picture of a recently deceased. Um, transgender uh, woman uh, her name was Mayang Preseccio and um, essentially it's a picture of her in a bikini next to a headline that contained uh, transphobic slurs which you know that's that's always a great start on the front page of a recently deceased woman. I saw that and I was just like okay this is a really really not it's uh, yeah a very poor joke from yep. nine gag that exactly. was my uh, that was my yeah, i was like there's no way that's real but it is it, it was it was highly sensationalized absolutely that's the worst part the paper was accused of sickening and gutter journalism transphobic sensationalism and delegitimizing sex work along with doing harm to the mental well-being of vulnerable lgbti community members yeah there was a sub-editor in that process that really needed to mm. get smacked into line I know it's and um, not smacked into line. Well, I mean, you know, without the violence, uh, the, and they um, they published a statement at the end of the story saying that the publication never meant to dishonor her memory, but it wasn't an apology. And trans activists have said that the statement failed to acknowledge any mistake and harm caused by the paper. Uh, a spokesperson for the trans group responsible for the Change.org petition uh, has said. The, the apology published by the Courier Mail this morning did not acknowledge the code of c- conduct, nor admit fault in their reporting, and merely explaining that people felt they had reported wrongly, well, obviously. This apology does not come close to fixing the harm that this reporting has done to my young's friends and family, or the long-term effects against the trans and sex worker communities. This is not good enough. And it's just really, I mean, it's really disappointing on so many levels. I'm just, I, I can't believe that they printed it, like... Like, I, I did no one ever stop and go this is this is terrible well do you know what though the community outreach was insane and i want to like and we've got a lot of straight allies out there that was something that i definitely found um the wonderful cinematographer comedian and all-round babe train dream boat uh matt hoffman who is a, also a really funny um alt model and he immediately jumped on to facebook and blasted i think i saw him on facebook twitter and instagram blasting uh what happened and that was uh to come from somebody like 
Matt Hoffman. That was um, mm. that actually made yeah. me feel really good. The um, only uh, a Courier Mail journalist, John McCarthy, has spoken publicly, saying that he was quote proud of backing a great story, and criticism followed obviously, and he seems to have made a thinly veiled homophobic remark, noting that in response to old mate here says you're not a journalist butthole, and that's a bit of a rude word, but he replied with, you probably spend a lot of time looking at them, so I guess you'd know. Um, excuse me? Yeah. That's, that's just, that's disgraceful. People do not know how to apologise. I know. I know, and just being able to, like, take onus of when you have made a mistake, mistake. pull your head into line and apologise. So, has anyone heard of the new pink washing strategy going on? Oh no, what's that? By the Greens. Basically, the Greens have gotten onto Grinder to gorge the gay vote. A Greens candidate seeking election in the quite queer Melbourne electorate of Prahan is alerting <laughs> gay voters to his campaign via hookup app Grinder, the first Australian political candidate to do so. Personally, they should have tried Hornet. Hornet is much more better. Okay, well, look, I think that that is hilarious. Look, and, and good on them because it's Prahan is like the gay republic of Melbourne. True. Um, it is, yeah. So I think that's very, very smart. And look, it's let's. It's really clever. Let's be real. He's probably not the first politician to use a social hookup <laughs> app like this. He's just put his name on it. In fact, I yeah, he probably there, there are probably lots of politicians out there that are on Grinder, but they're like the torso photos. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just kind of curious what goes on in the political strategization about it. It's kind of they kind of assume that gays only vote on gay issues. I would have assumed gay voters in the area, since they're rele- relevantly affluent would go beyond just simple issues of same-sex marriage. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, that, that... No, but it's such a good way to, to connect with yeah. them. And it, it might not be just about... That. That's just one part of their, I guess, their political strategy would be the um, same-sex yeah. attraction. But, I mean, I can't... You can't go into a bar, you can't go into a public setting without seeing that orange app. You can't. <laughs> not in a queer setting. My, I kid you not. I was, on, I was just on the train to the city one day and... Um, a guy in front of me was checking out Grinder, and I just I had to stifle a laugh. I'm going, oh no! Oh. I mean, I don't make a habit of looking over people's shoulders, but it was impossible to miss. Um, I am so okay. So when these ha- apps first started picking up, and I was like, okay, I'm a little bit against it, and now I'm actually all for it. And <laughs> I've noticed that, like, I will be on a tram, and I'll be like, oh, I know who that alert is, and then jump on there, and I'm like, um. This is a public space, Dylan. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. I should get grinded tonight and convince a guy to vote Greens. <laughs> Just to support him. <laughs> Look, the way your brain operates, Stefan, I swear it makes me laugh. I mean, it's, it's one of a kind. Stefan is truly a national treasure. <laughs> uh, I'm um, special. Study reveals lower rates of pap smear tests among lesbians. And new studies presented at the Australian Sexual Health Conference in Sydney last week revealed a consistent portion of les- lesbians and bisexual women never receiving a routine pap smear. The study explored testing rates, changes in testing between 2002 and 2012, and the predictor of test attendance among lesbian, bisexual, and queer women in New South Wales. Um, it found that women who've never had sex with a man are almost three like three times likely to uh, never have had a pap smear. That that's really not great because I mean I mean it do, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is you know issues of health are issues of health and it's really important to get those screenings done. 
Oh, a hundred percent. But I think it's like also very like, and not just past me. I notice that younger generations, like especially our generation, aren't very likely to go and get a sex health test as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you when was the last? Ask yourself when was the last time that I had a pap smear? And if you can't, if you have to think about it, maybe go get one. I mean, that's that's definitely solid advice to all the cis women out there. And, you know, maybe even some trans men, I'm not educating that health issue, but that's definitely something that, you know, you should be really conscious of because it's a really important issue. Get tested. 100%. Yeah. It takes, like, maybe half an hour of your time. It's really not, you know, it's not the end of the world to go and get, you know, simple screenings done. It will save your life. It, it could save your life. I'm not going to say it will save your life, but it definitely could. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, it's um, it's really important to do. And plus, you know, it's our health. Like, yeah, you just exactly. got to kind of go, I am an adult and I am responsible. I'm responsible. <laughs> uh, just before we head out tonight, Kate McGregor's going to appear in Q&A tonight. She's um, the highest ranking trans woman military official in the world. Uh, she entered the she entered the military in 1974. So that's a 40 year career. And she was actually awarded the Order of Australia in 2012 for her service. She began transitioning a couple of years ago and she was a key speaker and trans advocate at several events this year's Mardi Gras. She's also a key speaker at this year's Pride and Diversity Award. Um, essentially, look, she's, she's joining the, the Australian's foreign editor, a human rights lawyer and shadow education minister, as well as a federal MP. And... <coughs> They're going to focus on terrorism and civil liberties, and it's anticipated that, you know, she might comment on the Korea Mail topic because, you know, that's definitely something that we can't let them get away with. We need to keep, you know, we need to make clear that that kind of reporting is just not acceptable. Hound them. Exactly. You know, we're not, we can't give up on that. So, um, you know, it's really, it's really great to hear, hear that such a successful trans woman is going to appear on Kira because they've had out gay and lesbians before but you know this is this is pretty much the first time they've had such you know an influential uh, and out and proud transgender um, person on their show and that's really great to hear I agree 100% on that one Eleanor <laughs> but we've run out of time I know it's such so disappointing it is sad it's sad <laughs> but you know we love hanging out with you um, and I'm sure next week on Gen Next is going to be dope oh, I'm, it's, I'm excited wait I can, I can come on dope what no okay, well, we're not going into that on. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> my brain yes I, indeed I have yeah. lost my train of thought you can catch me tomorrow night <laughs> shameless plug shameless plug um, yeah shameless plug all the way catch me on uh, sci-fi and scream Dirty is making a return I've been playing Alien Isolation and I've got all the updates for you um, thanks so much for joining us tonight Dylan yeah, it's great to have you oh, always it's always a pleasure always. still being considered a young person <laughs> you can pass for 22 it. in the right light I liked that comment. I did Someone at work was like, I bet you're like 22. When do you turn 22? And I was just like, and you have become king of this evening. But hey, we're out of time. This has been Generation Next. We love you very, very much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See us. Joy. 94.9. Generation Next. Love it. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.